I'm going to add to his list, Peter can take risks, so can I. So here we go, your political party, not that either. Your sexuality, your gender identity, no, not the point. Your reference point is Jesus and Jesus alone. These things we tend to focus on are not the way we set ourselves to live and be in the world. But Pastor Natalia, I love my heritage. I love that I'm Swedish. I'm not Swedish, I just chose that. No offense to anybody who's Swedish off the bat. I'm so glad. I also love that you're Swedish, but it should not be the reference point for how you live and move in the world. It is a point, but not the point. As some of you know, I spent 10 days in Israel and Palestine in January, touring some holy sites and walking in the places where Jesus walked. I was on a clergy-only trip, so it was all pastors, and it became kind of a joke among the trip that I was hashtag so holy. Um, so Nick's got a picture of my good attitude on this trip. There were many buildings and places and bricks and archaeological sites that just fell flat to me. I kept wondering out loud even, does it have to be this exact place for this to be holy? Why? What if we're wrong? I'm sure it very much endeared me to our group leaders. Uh, this was actually me at the baptism of Jesus site, so that shows you how I felt about that spot. Uh, partway through the trip, our tour guide, a lovely Palestinian man named Rizik, Riz, told me I was probably one of the many pilgrims, and maybe given my attitude, we should use the word pilgrim very lightly, but I was one of the many pilgrims who would more likely be captivated by the living stones I encountered instead of the structural, actual stones. And believe it or not, he was right. <laughs> I was relatively unmoved by, hypothetically, the place you could kneel and touch where Jesus was born at the site of the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. I didn't take a single picture in that place. I was like, but what if it wasn't here? What are we doing? But what did move me in that spot was the people who were moved in that moment who silently wept as they placed their hand on a spot on the floor. It almost broke through my cynicism. Almost, it's hashtag so holy, still remains here. I got so overwhelmed by the crowds at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre that I sought solace under a tree in the courtyard and wondered aloud if this was maybe a place we could skip when I return in June. Um, no, our tour guide said to me, this is literally the most holy site in all of Christianity, we can't skip it. <laughs> so as everyone else fought the crowds to see the tomb of Jesus, I stood outside and then watched as just inside the entrance to that church, there's this big flat stone about six feet long, maybe three feet wide, shiny and pungent with the smell of anointing oil. I watched women come to this spot and out of their purses and bags, they would pull pieces of cloth, shirts, scarves, scraps. 
And they knelt down and they wiped them across the oil on this stone in a moment of sheer reverence, then tucking them back into those bags and purses to bring home to give to somebody who was ill. The most holy site in all of Christianity, and what captured me in that moment was not the place, but those women, their persistence, their faith, that just a remnant, a sprinkle of oil from this place might be enough. Those women were living stones. It is important to note in today's story we read from the first letter of Peter that he uses this phrase as he writes letters to persecuted Christians in and around Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, In his letters, he offers words of encouragement and perseverance to people being blind and reviled in their community. Peter asks them to stay strong, to hold fast to the faith they have and remain true to Jesus. This is the context for this first letter. Like living stones, he says, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. And then he says this phrase that we've probably heard before, usually around Holy Week, right? Let the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Now you might wonder what this means because unless you're big into masonry, uh, this term isn't very familiar with most of us anymore. I always thought the cornerstone was that stone on buildings that had the established date on it. Actually, I talked about this a few years ago when I preached on this same text. That's not what the cornerstone is. That's a ceremonial stone talking about the established date. Fun side note, does anybody in this room know where our established date stone is located in this building? Ooh, fun fact, if you want to meet me after church, I'll take you on a field trip. We'll meet right out there. I'll show you exactly where it is. Um, but it, it, we do have one of those inside the building because Prince of Peace has original buildings that were added onto, and so we have stones kind of inside the building telling us when parts were added. It's very interesting. Now, traditionally, the cornerstone, not the established ceremonial stone, the cornerstone is the first stone that is set in the construction of a masonry foundation. And then all the other stones are set in reference to that stone. Not the stone they're touching, not the stone they're next to, but that cornerstone. So it determines the entire structure. The whole structure is determined by the position of this one stone. That simple fact makes this verse way more cool than what I thought a cornerstone was. I had established date, not that cool. Cornerstone by masonry standards much more interesting. Because Peter is saying that Jesus is the stone that was set first in the church. And then all of the other stones are set in reference to him, determining the position of the entire structure. And Peter continues, we are those stones. We are living stones set in reference to the cornerstone. Note, we are not the cornerstone, never Jesus. Remember, we are never Jesus in the story. We are, as Peter names us, living stones. As Rizik, my tour guide, named living stones. But what does that mean exactly to be a living stone? 
Well, if we use the definition of masonry, they are those who act and move and live in reference to Jesus first. It is Jesus who determines the entire structure, how you live and move in the world. And then I think Peter takes some risks here because he starts to name some things that definitely would have made people listening uncomfortable and for sure will do the same here today. You are a living stone of Jesus, and that means the other ways you could set yourself in reference to no longer exist for you. They are all Jesus. Your people group, your nation, your religion, not the point, not even close. Your reference is Jesus, full stop, period. Those other things are not the way we set ourselves to live and be in the world. It's tempting to do so, but it is not what we are called to do and be. Whew, Peter. I'm going to add to his list. Peter can take risks, so can I. So here we go. Your political party, not that either. Your sexuality, your gender identity, no, not the point. Your reference point is Jesus and Jesus alone. These things we tend to focus on are not the way we set ourselves to live and be in the world. But Pastor Natalia, I love my heritage. I love that I'm Swedish. I'm not Swedish. I just chose that. No offense to anybody who's Swedish off the bat. I'm so glad. I also love that you're Swedish. But it should not be the reference point for how you live and move in the world. It is a point, but not the point. That should only be Jesus, Peter says. Ooh, Peter. Do we wonder why he got killed? No, we do not. This is not a popular thing to preach. If our reference point, our cornerstone is Jesus and Jesus alone, then the way we live and move and love in the world comes out of only how Jesus lived and moved and loved in the world. Remember, Peter is writing to a group of persecuted Christians. He's trying to offer them hope and advice for how to continue to remain faithful in the midst of very hard things. His reminder that they are living stones is not a threat. It is a gift. Set yourself in reference to Jesus. Are you confused at how to act, at who to love, at how to be? Set yourself in reference to Jesus. That is all you need to do. If you just let Jesus be your cornerstone, it'll be okay. And then he continues, once you were not God's people, but now you are. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have. This is a promise and a reminder of the gift of faith and grace they have been given through Jesus, that cornerstone the one who was rejected as they were being rejected. Peter here is making a statement about the church. If you are living stones, then the church will be built through you, centered on Jesus. Peter is reminding them that the church isn't a building, but the people, and boy, have we not learned this over the last few years. Peter is reminding them that we have been chosen, not because of doing the right thing or saying the right thing or believing the right thing, but simply because we are loved by our Creator. We are built 
into the foundation of the church. We are the church because God has seen and known and loved us. Living stones. He doesn't say you will be, you might be, you may be. You are a living stone. Your place in this church of God matters. You matter. You are loved. You are chosen. You matter. As I was writing this week, I kept on having this line pop into my head from Melba Beals. She was one of the Little Rock Nine uh, who who, uh, helped the school segregation end in Little Rock. She remembered sitting down with her grandma before she entered that school in 1957, and her grandma said, remember, you are one of God's ideas. In 2019, I preached on this same text. Uh, It was only four years ago. Honestly, it feels like a decade ago when I looked back on it. I was like, why is this quote in my head? It's because I used it four years ago, and I was like, well, I'm nothing if not consistent, right? So there we go. This quote kept on coming to my mind because it speaks the truth to this story that you are one of God's ideas. Peter makes sure to tell everybody who is reading this letter, everybody who is in that church being persecuted, you matter. You are a living stone built into the spiritual house. You are one of God's ideas. Peter understood that in order to be a part of a church, of the church, we have to first be reminded of our identity, who we are. You are one of God's ideas. You are a living stone. So right in the middle of my trip in January, I was at uh, I'm going to try not to cry as I talk about this, but I can't even talk about it without crying yet, so we'll see. Just be prepared. But we were at St. Anne's Cathedral in Jerusalem, the birthplace of Mary. Not a place I had been looking forward to, knew about, didn't know it was a thing. And it happened. There it happened. My cynicism got exploded by this group of people from another community I had a habit of wandering away from our group, my tour group. Again, I am a delight to travel with. Uh, And while our group was in this beautiful church garden, listening to a teaching time from our guide and our accompanying professor, I found myself wandering away into the sanctuary of St. Anne's to listen to a group that was singing. They sang a song I didn't know in a language I didn't understand, and yet that was what did it. I just cried. I just sat down there and I just full cried. No idea why. No idea. Something did it in that moment. It broke into me. Those faithful people, those living stones, did more for me in that moment than any single holy site in the whole holy land did. To be clear, it was not the place, right? It wasn't St. Anne's. St. Anne's isn't like magically holier than any other place. It was the faith of those singers, their faith in Jesus, their cornerstone, the faith that moved them to travel some long distance to stand in that space and faith that caused them to burst into song simply because they wanted to. Let me tell you, it was not expected in that moment. And honestly, 
it never really is, right? You never quite know the thing that will break through, the person that will break through, the living stone that will touch you and move you in reference to the cornerstone. Now, because of one of my side hustles is podcaster, I was recording moments from this trip for an episode, and I quickly pulled out my phone and hit record. In the midst of all my tears, I sat there with my phone sitting on the bench in front of me. It is raw and it is rough, but you can hear these living stones being built into the church God continues to create, even now. So we're going to end by listening to them sing for us. Amen. I want to use the final verses of, of this section of Peter's letter we heard today. I'm going to use Eugene Peterson's message version, and I added a few of my own words in there, too. If he can paraphrase, so can I. So um, I hope you will hear these words spoken over you as you are sent into the world today as living stones. So here's your blessing for this day. But you are the holy chosen ones of God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do God's work and speak out on behalf of God, to tell others of the night and day difference God made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. You are one of God's ideas. You matter. So do we hold the truth close to our hearts, tightly in our hands as we go in peace to love and serve the Lord.